How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're checking us out on Podbean, iTunes, or however you listen to this thing, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Um, definitely, definitely need some more reviews out there. I appreciate the guys who have done it. The people who are subscribing, this thing is still growing. This is a uh, another new month. We had a great month last month, and it's uh, just picking up steam every day, man. It uh, it gets crazier and crazier. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, if you're not following along with us on social media, type in BTBN on Facebook, Instagram. It's going to give you the pages. Like, share, follow those suckers. It uh, helps us grow and helps us get new listeners so I can uh, bring these stories to more people. Jump on that uh, BTBN podcast group. It's just literally BTBN podcast. Hit that uh, ask to join button. We'll get you added to there. That's where I'm going to start doing more events, more posts. Um, It's how you guys tell me who you want to talk to. All that good stuff, man. So, uh, yeah. It's been a, a long week. Finally here for the weekend. It's crazy. It was in the high 90s all last week. I have been to the lake like the last eight weekends in a row. And it has been awesome. But it is hot during the work week. Today it was like 82. And I just checked out the forecast for the first week of August here in Missouri. And it's going to be like 75 with a low of 55. So it's weird. It uh, It's a nice welcome relief it's been raining for days on end the grass is starting to grow again it's making it feel like early teal season it's pretty wild if you need yourself a duck call that looks half decent and it's not from one of these guys that i talked to you can always check me out on unstable calls um i'll put you on the list it is growing by the day uh, the more of these podcasts I do, the bigger backlog I get, but uh, I try to get them done as quick as I can, and they look decent and sound pretty good, too. So, check them out, get yourself a call. Um, yeah, man, we're going to have that next giveaway call done. I talked to Seth last week, earlier this week, whatever it was, and uh, he showed me a picture of a brand new piece of material he's been working on. And I'm going to turn a call out of it, and it's going to be the giveaway call. It is super sweet. And, uh, yeah, Seth over at Swampwood Blanks, man, always providing. This week, today, this podcast, I don't even know where to go about it. I should just restart this recording, but I'm not going to. Um, Yeah, so this one is uh, the Call Nuts Champ, man. I uh, have been trying to get a hold of him for a little bit. Got him track down to where our schedules work together so uh without further ado the call nuts champ mr ryan douglas all right ryan how are you doing today man not too bad yourself oh not bad at all man you're uh you're the second canuck i've had on this thing man and you are you're from like the same area that rusty is aren't you yes sir uh lasalle ontario Nice. That's freaking crazy, yeah. man. It's uh, what's the weather been like up there right now? Uh, right now we're uh, usually averaging about thirty-two degrees. Um, that'd be 
Celsius. I was gonna say so, you're gonna have to explain that to me. I'm a I'm an American <laughs> and I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're you know we're metric. But yeah, a little bit of humidity. It's not too bad though. Um, gets nice and cool uh, as soon as the sun goes down. So. Right. Yeah, dude. It uh. It's been like, I don't even know what the hell 32 is equivalent to. I'm not good at math. It's like double when you add something or something like that. Yeah. So basically just to get it close. Uh, basically just to get it close, you double it and then add 32. Double it and then add 32. So Yeah, you're not too far yeah. off from what we are then. Um, right now, it's cool down here, though. I mean, we're supposed to be in the 60s Fahrenheit next week, which is insane for this time of year. That'd be like, uh, I don't know, like 20-something? Low 20s? Yeah. Like, usually this time of year, this is our hottest. Like, going into August, mm -hmm. this would be our, our hottest part of the year. Yeah, man. I've been at the so. I've been at the lake every single weekend for like the last two months. And uh, it's going to finally be too cold tomorrow. It's going to be like 81 degrees. And uh, nice. that's great to be at the lake, but in the water is not that warm. Yeah, yep. Well, so when I was fishing last weekend, the, the surface temperature of uh, right, right in between Lake, lake Erie and Lake Huron uh, were right so anyways to get to lake erie we're um, about 15 minutes or so but anyways so the surface temperature is 78 degrees dude that's beautiful for swimming yeah yeah that's like almost bath water you know <laughs> where it's uh not yep. too hot but uh you're not gonna jump in a yep. freeze to death yep Oh, so you, nice. So, what's it been like, man, since uh, this whole Call Nuts Classic thing's gone down? Uh, I've been busy. We'll just say that. <laughs> I was. Um, I had to wonder, man. Did it uh, it pick up some orders? I assume. Yeah. Um. I, so I, I never really kept a book before. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of orders, just because I I don't want to commit to something. But it's hard to turn down too. So I took on somewhere around close to thirty orders. So um, I don't know. I think I got. Um, Right around seven or eight calls in, so I figure I should should get through them fairly, you know, fairly quickly. But um, yeah, it's just something I don't want to advertise, um, saying you know the books are open or something. Um, I just I like to to make stuff that I want to make, and you know keep it fun for myself yeah bro that is the best mindset to have on it to where you're not stressed yeah. out you're not 
my least favorite thing on in you know in the world is somebody messages me they're like i want this very specific type of wood with this type of thing there and i'm like i don't have any of that on hand man so now i'm doing this scavenger hunt trying to find the perfect yeah. piece for him and it's like it becomes i had one guy that uh he's been waiting for a call for like four and a half months because i finally tracked down the blank you know a specific blank and the, the specific color that he wanted and it's like i could have somebody custom do that but it's like it just becomes more of a headache because my time is so limited man i uh I walked in the door mm-hmm. probably 10 minutes before we started doing this thing just because I just got back from the gym. And I got home from work yeah. earlier and had about 10 minutes to change, go to the gym. And now it's uh, 9 p.m. your time, 8 p.m. here, and it's like we're doing the podcast. And after that, it's like shower and start getting ready for bed. Yeah. So the whole hassle. Yeah, it's, uh, Sorry, go ahead. It, it's definitely it's a time crunch. Um, I think like same thing with your situation um i i work you know usually about 50 to 55 hours a week on regular and so the whole call making thing is you know just basically a hobby but it's you know that's one of the main reasons i didn't really want to take on uh, an order book because I only get a day really of free time so yeah it's uh, it's hard to commit (laughs) right right man it's like the way that I end up doing it is I'll try to do a little bit during the week. I usually have like a one hour <laughs> a night of time. And there's no way you can build, you know, a call start to finish in an hour. So it's like I'll try to do a little bit. And then on the weekend or something like that, if we don't have any plans, I'll spend like eight hours out in the shop. And I'll get like three or four calls ready for the week to where all I have to do is cut and tune them. And it's like I can kind of knock that out yeah. in an hour in a night. <laughs> so it's like the whole day that you have off you're spent working still and it's work that i love to do but it's just like dude where is the r&r i mean like granted i'm going to the lake every weekend i just bragged about going to the lake but you know that's uh to do that family thing man you got to keep things in check in life or it just gets it gets overwhelming and people get burnt out so bad Yep, and we've seen it happen, you know, with uh, a lot of really good call makers, you know, where they have to take take a, a hiatus, so to speak, just yeah. to, you know, unwind and reset. Yeah, man, I, I talked to Mike last week, and uh, we talk all the time through, like, text message, but he was on the, uh, the podcast last week, and he told me that he hasn't enjoyed turning a call in almost two years yeah and that's dude that's just a sad sad place to be in you know because i know he has some enjoyment out of turning some special stuff yeah but it's like that same Mm -hmm. the same thing every day where it's you know it just it gets old and it takes the the passion out of it yep i mean 
it's uh, one of those one of those things like acrylic you turn acrylic acrylic looks the same from start to finish except for usually finishes a little bit shinier <laughs> right so you know you turn a piece of wood and you know it, it it's square and it looks completely different when it's round you know it's, it's like unwrapping a Christmas present and you have that little wow factor so like I I enjoy turning wood a lot more than acrylic but acrylic's easy to turn so it's kind of a catch-22 <laughs> right right I've so, I don't know I've probably done like a, a roughly 150 acrylic calls in my life I haven't I think I've turned like three acrylic calls in like the last three years. Like I just, people ask me to do them here and there, and I'm like, honestly, man, uh, I'm probably not your guy. I really ju- don't enjoy an acrylic call because, like you said, it just, yeah, it has no character to me. Like you can even do crazy combinations with acrylic and transparents, and you can do some really cool custom yeah. stuff with acrylic, but it just, it's not for me anymore. Yep, it's, uh, you know, you already know what it's going to look like when when you start it. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, it doesn't it, it doesn't bug me to turn acrylic. Uh, it's quick and easy, and for the most part, you know, you don't have to put a CA finish on it. All you have to do is wet sand it and then polish it, so. <laughs> Man, I can remember it's, the... Uh, I can remember the first time that I turned acrylic after switching over to carbide tools. <laughs> Did you have you ever had that experience? Do you remember your first time turning one with carbide? Uh, you mean a blowout? Uh, yeah, an explosion <laughs> of acrylic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, definitely learned how to uh, turn it. Um, yeah, when when I when I start turning acrylic, I, I usually don't take the, the tool off the acrylic until I'm done cutting. I'll leave the I'll leave the tool on the acrylic the whole time. Just keep going back and forth. Damn, so, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I just find that works a lot better. Well, yeah, and you know, keeping that that constant pressure on the rest so you're not transferring it into the piece and uh just keeping everything smooth there is an art to turning acrylic but you know like you said it turns like butter once you figure out your angle your speed all that good stuff i had one time i was working on i don't remember i think the call was already finished i think i was putting an o-ring groove in uh the insert and I was being stupid, and I was like, oh, it's just acrylic, you know, it's gonna freaking string off just like acrylic does, and I didn't put my glasses on, you know, now it's like a face shield, but I didn't put glasses on, I had a shard of acrylic in my eye for like a good 20 minutes, (laughs) yeah, and it took me a while to dig that sucker out to where my eye was full of blood. Yep, I, uh, I actually... I actually got uh, a piece of acrylic in my eye uh, probably about three weeks ago. Ooh. And uh, 
I got it out. It didn't. I think I might have got a little bit of a scratch, but um, for the most part, my eye was sore for like two days. <laughs> Bro, you have a very discontent shopmate right now. Yeah. <laughs> She's always discontent. <laughs> always. Yeah, man, my uh, my eye, dude. When that thing happened, it sucked. It bothered me for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I work. Um, I'm a, a machinist by trade, so I've uh, I've had my fair share of eye injuries. <laughs> it's one of those things that. How did you get it in your eye a couple weeks ago? Did it just another blowout or something? shield which i probably should but it yeah it just went right up underneath my my glasses oh so man i had uh you could i I, go ahead buddy i i I could wear a pair of safety glasses and get something in my eye but i could go a month without wearing safety glasses and it seems like nothing happens (laughs) (laughs) exactly but as soon as i put them on crazy man i was working at uh 3m here in uh missouri and uh i was cleaning a machine that was full of uh full of uh adhesive and stuff like that we use it to you know obviously 3m makes glue and uh i was using a bunch of high-powered solvent to clean it out of this machine in a big tank and i went to drain the tank and you're supposed to wear you know your safety glasses and your uh, visor, and then, you know, a respirator over the top, of, you know, on your face. Yeah. And I was being lazy, and I had my uh, glasses on and my respirator on, and I had my shield lifted up because I was talking to somebody or something like that, and I turned around as soon as it was drained, and it was, like, vacuum-drained, and I went to shut that valve, oh. and it burped all that solvent right back into my face. <laughs> And oh no! I immediately, luckily, there was another guy in there. I immediately, I was like, "Hey man, point me to the face, the eyewash station, you know." And so he grabs yeah. me, puts his hand on the shoulder, and I was like, "All right, take me to the eyewash station, and I want you to look towards the door and tell me if you see anybody else walk by, <laughs> because I sure as hell don't want to get fired <laughs> for this. So if we don't see anybody." You know, I'll be good, but dude, my eyes look like I had just came out of a Grateful Dead concert for a week. <laughs> I skipped every, I skipped lunch breaks, I skipped the rest of my breaks, I just stayed in the shop to hide, <laughs> so that way nobody would see yeah. how bad my eyes were. No questions. Yeah. Don't need to see no one. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't try that at home, kids. You'll end up blind. It's, it's one of those things, you're fortunate there's a eyewash station there close by. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I got home and I looked up, you know, some of the side effects, trying to figure out, it was like eight hours later, I was like, dude, my eyes are still really foggy and still pretty bad. 
I was like, I might have to go to the freaking ER over this shit. And I got home and started looking up some of the freaking side effects. And one of them was like retinal detachment. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> well, I've done it now. I never end up going. I still have pretty sharp vision. But, yeah, it was one of those stupid times. Yeah, it's always, always a learning experience. That's for sure. <laughs> so tell me about this... Uh, this call that you submitted, man. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know what made me choose a piece of red cedar, but I, I don't know. I just decided to cut a chunk off of, uh, got a log off of an old uh, woodworker. Was probably he figures it was sitting there for maybe ten years, so there didn't have no cracks in it or nothing. So I just decided to cut a chunk off it and make a call out of it. And uh, well, it had a can't argue with the results. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, did it have a cedar yeah. tone board too? Yep, it was a full cedar call. Dang man, that's freaking Which, awesome. Um, it was probably the first full cedar call I made that uh, didn't break the, the pork notch tab. Yeah, that, <laughs> that stuff is super soft, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this freaking doing it over the internet is killing me at a point. Because uh, I'll start to talk, and then you'll start to talk at the same time. Because there's kind of a weird delay for anybody that's listening. And it definitely makes yeah. it interesting to try to figure out when to talk and when not to talk. <laughs> yeah, I can tell there's there's definitely a delay. <laughs> I was talking to uh, Phil Green, the competition caller, and he started making duck calls the other day. And it's kind of like a feeling out process throughout this whole thing. I'll listen to some of my podcasts for like the first 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes it'll sound really, really clunky, you know, where you're trying to feel out how the other person talks and when to wait so you're not yeah. talking over each other type situation. And uh, yep. the way that <laughs> it's kind of like this delay right now, the way that uh, he talked and took a pause was like almost when I started talking every time and uh, I couldn't figure it out. Like I'm trying to constantly trying to gauge like how when to talk and when not to talk. It, it's more of a challenge than it seemed like it would ever be. Yeah. It's uh, it's different. Um, there's got to be a pretty close to a five second leg, I think. But... I would it's almost say, like watching one of Jesse's options. <laughs> Dude, I would say it's legitimately like a two-second delay. Yeah. So, you enter this call in. Um, dude, number one, I had... Um, who was it? Freaking... I had a guy that I had just sent a call to in Canada. He's bought quite a few for me. Uh, Mr. Parker up in... I think he's another Ontario guy. And, uh... Lauren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he's, he's in BC, yeah. Oh, he's in BC. That's right. I sent him a call the 5th of July, and he just got it today. So, 
that leads to my question of when the heck did you send it in? Like, did you send it in super early? Uh, so I, my, uh, my call was then with Rusty's, so it was, uh, UPS, and, um, what was that, $126 or $46 or something? Really? UPS it? Yeah. Dude, you guys are so close to the border. Can, oh, the border is closed, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we can't cross the border right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, get in the freaking hunting boat, get across the river, <laughs> and ship that thing for like 10 bucks. Yep. I wish it was that simple. It's crazy. That's for sure. Because of where you guys are in Canada is, is closer than the majority of freaking... You know, the whole top half of Minnesota, Wisconsin, all those places, you guys are a lot further south than a lot of people. And it's it's so crazy that uh, it's such an inconvenience living. I don't, the, you, you live in Windsor, right? Yeah, just it'd be uh, like south, south of Windsor, Detroit. From where where we are, Detroit is actually north of us. Can you see the other side from where you're at? Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> That's my whole We're, point. Um, like if you if you were to look on on Google Maps, there's a an island in the Detroit River called Fighting Island. Mm-hmm. And um, BASF owns it, so they do uh, duck hunts there and pheasant hunts, and then they fish there too. They got a, a lodge, so they basically, um, you know, they're higher ups and customers, and that's where they take everybody. So, but uh, anyways, I'm. Uh, four houses off the river so like if I were to jump in my boat I'd be across the river in like two minutes <laughs> it's like you could hook it up to a drone and send your call over and save a hundred dollars oh easily easily it's crazy yep. man it uh you know, there's been a lot of talk going on with the, the American-Canadian border this year for hunting, and I I don't think it's going to open. They keep pushing it back at 30 days, it seems like, every two weeks or whatever. Yeah, they... Well, now it's, it's closed. Usually about the 21st, they'll announce, you know, another 30-day closure. Um... But I think they're just going to extend it until January, February. It doesn't It doesn't look very good anyhow. Man, um, if, if you could go back I, to February and think that we were still going to be messing around with this stuff in freaking August with no end in sight, like, could you even imagine that? Nope. I thought this nonsense was going to be over in freaking a month. <laughs> that would have been that would have been fantastic. We went um, 
went to Nashville to the NWTF show, and uh, you, know, you would have never thought at that point in time that uh, there was any kind of pandemic. And then, uh, then we went to Colapalooza, and we basically, when we come back from Colapalooza, we come back on, a, I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday, and it was the the next day, it was a Wednesday of that week, that um, they closed the border indefinitely for travel. So, you got lucky. To, we, you got lucky to get back when you were. Yep. <laughs> I had to, had to quarantine for 14 days. Was that like a self-quarantine? So, uh, it... Kind of. Um, <laughs> they the next day we come back. They didn't. They didn't tell us that we had to quarantine. That it was, you know, um, a necessary thing. But when they closed the border the next day, they they said anybody that comes in from outside of Canada has to quarantine. So, like, I called my work and asked them you know what what should i do and they they basically told me to stay home for the 14 days so dang man that's what i did yeah yeah Yeah. what option do you have you know well they were good about it they um they didn't have to they were they were good enough to to pay me while i was home so fortunate for that yeah yeah absolutely man it's uh i don't know what it's like over you know up there but it's it's a weird weird time man i uh i go to a lot of different places around missouri and arkansas and stuff like that and there's some places that you go to you'd never know that anything was different and then you go to some cities and it's like everybody has their mask on car lots are like half full of people Restaurants are shut down. Movie theaters are like ghost towns. You know, it's just a very, very strange thing. I don't know what it's like up there. Uh, here, right now, we have... Um, so we have a mandatory mask mandate. So if you go into any store or any place of business, you have to wear a mask. Um... Uh, bars and restaurants are, are patio only. You can't actually go into the store unless you have to use the bathroom. Um, movie theaters aren't open yet. So, there's some stores that still limit customers, like the grocery store, they'll limit customers. Um, so, there's a great big long lineup standing outside. But, uh, I mean, you try, try to uh, just cope. I guess you could say. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of a homebody anyway, so <laughs> I don't really notice too much of it. Well, from the sounds of it, you don't have time to worry about it, man. No, no. And uh, Work 50, that's... 55 hours, and then. Yep. Yeah. Come home and play in the shop. 
<laughs> it, dude, it's so. weird here that, um, you know, they were offering, like, bounties on people narking each other out for not wearing masks. Like, if you see somebody not yeah. wearing a mask, you could nark them out and get money for it. Like, what really? in the fuck is going on, you know? Yeah. It's, um... It's crazy how much of a political battle it's become, you know. Um, and it's the same thing here, too. Uh, the, the governments are using it, you know, to fight back and forth. Kind of um, kind of sad in that, that regard, but... Yeah, it's become... I don't know. It's become super weird, man. I remember at the beginning of the whole lockdown and stuff like that, I, I even mentioned it on old podcasts, um, that I saw more people outside in the neighborhoods, like, out walking, families out riding bikes together, like, you know, doing different stuff, and it seems like the longer this thing goes on, the more and more, I guess the less and less you see people doing that type of stuff anymore... And it's like non-stop, all day long on social media, the news, stuff like that. Is It's just nothing but people mm-hmm. arguing with each other. Yep. You, it's, uh, it's funny you say that. Like, if I go down, I'm, I'm a block away from the park. There's a boat launch there and everything. And anyways, I go by there, I don't know, five, six, seven times a day. And... I've never seen people picnic in the park. And ever since this, there's freaking got to be 10 people at a time, like different little groups picnicking in the park. It's, uh, I don't, strange. I don't, I don't get it, but. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, man, we have our kids, um, every other week. So it's like every other weekend, it's just me and my girlfriend. And we kind of, you know, in the old times, but pre-corona times, it was like, you know, we'd go out and hang out with our friends and go down to, you know, go downtown and go to the bars and have a good time. And none of that stuff is available anymore. So it's like we've pulled up the the maps and Google and stuff. And we're like, all right, what trails are we going to go hike this weekend? Where are we going to go that we've never been before <laughs> you know, it's like it, it, it's completely shifted, which is great, man. I, I love being out and exploring and stuff, but it's just like you said, places that people never were like everybody's out. You can't buy a damn bicycle here in America <laughs> because they've been bought up <laughs> by everybody. And, and they're not making them because nobody's working. Exactly, exactly, man. It's uh, it's wild. Yeah. We'd, we'd beat this co- corona topic to death, I think. Oh, it's like I went to go get a, a lawn chair today, and uh, the one I it's just old and the back ripped on it. But I went to go get a lawn chair today, and there was like three to choose from, and they were all. Eighty, ninety dollars. It's like, man, I just want to go to a barbecue and not have to sit on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me uh, get a stump, but, you know, a log, and I'll cut yeah. it <laughs> down. Yeah. 
So, uh, so we're talking about this, uh, this call nuts classic, and you start seeing, you know, the different votes. Were you paying attention to how many votes your stuff was getting, or do you not even know? I, uh, I'm, I couldn't even tell you, like, beforehand, I couldn't even tell you which, which sound file I thought was mine. Um, I had, I wouldn't have, you know, I didn't think it was, uh, the one in, in which it was. I thought I was, yeah, I, there were so many that sounded so similar, I think, and I figured I was just in, you know, somewhere in that pack, and, uh, but, uh, I don't, I don't really know, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the, dude, man, that was so awesome. What I loved about the competition was the amount of guys that, you know, you see NWTF and stuff like that, and it's a lot of the same people winning Easton and NWTF. What I really loved, man, I talked to Nathan Talley the other day on a podcast. The dude has been turning calls for four months, and I think he finished fourth or fifth. Like, I love that yeah. it gives the guys that, you know, aren't always winning stuff. Like, I'm sure, like you said, you've never had books or anything like that. And then it's like all of a sudden in a couple no. of days, now you have 30. And you could probably have a lot more if you really wanted it. If I put myself out there, um, I, I don't know, I, I find myself, I'm the quiet guy, and I, I find myself kind of similar to Will, and, uh, you know, I'm just quiet, I don't, I'm not a social media, you know, guru, I don't Wait. like to get on there, and... You're a quiet guy? <laughs> yeah, hard to believe, eh? Bro, I think you have some of the most aw shucks type attitude out of anybody that I've ever talked to. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. That's a uh, good thing, man. <laughs> no. Yep. Yeah, but, um... I don't know. I, my main, main thing about that was basically I, I didn't want to overwhelm myself and I wanted to make sure... You know, in two years or three years or five years that I still want to do what I'm doing. But, so, yeah, overwhelming myself, I figure, you know, I would probably get sick of it. So. Well, that's a, a very wise outlook on the whole situation. I think so many guys get caught up, and I, you know, I'd have to admit, for anybody, it would be hard not to seize the moment. Um, Channing and I had had some really in-depth conversations when he won that freaking goose call at NWTF. <laughs> and he told me, he was like, I don't want to make any more goose calls. And I was like, number one, you're already a full-time call maker. So it's not like you're adding anything really crazy to your plate. You're just transitioning to what you're building. So number two, you're trying to feed your kid, you know, and uh, pay your mortgage. It's like, strike while the iron's hot. So, for somebody that's doing it full-time, like, you have that ability to transition, but once you're, uh, 
once you know you're trying to do it as a hobby and you're trying not to get overwhelmed like i can fully get that yeah i mean so i thought about the same same with uh, this contest it gave i had a feeling going into it that it was going to give uh, a lot of the, the unknowns um uh you know, the chance to, to make a name for themselves. And, uh, like, Easton, I, I've put calls in Easton. i put calls in NWTF, too. And it same thing. It, it always seems to be, you know, the same four or five guys that are on top. So, and oh, last year in October, I went to Real Foot. That was the first year I went to Real Foot. And um, I was fortunate enough to get runner-up in in the one I think it was the acrylic category. So, like to me, every every competition is biased, right? And um, so it's it's definitely a different different approach and. It's, it's hard not to try to take advantage of it, but at the same time, I gotta really make sure I don't burn myself out. <laughs> I don't I don't blame you, man. Um, tell me what you think about this idea. I'll send you some uh, pictures when we get done of this contest. I talked about it with Hunter on a podcast last night, and I talked about it with uh, Meredith on a podcast the other day about this idea that I have bouncing around in my head and um, it's a call maker competition it's not a call competition it's not a calling competition or a call making competition it's a call maker competition I just sent you a couple pictures now where very similar to uh, the Mingo style Call Nuts Classic, whereas instead of just making a call and sending it to somebody to run a routine and people to vote on it, it's you make the call, you send a video in the dark, like Mingo ran it, and you run a minute and a half meet routine, and you send it to me, I send it to my judge, who is... Corey Neekum, world championship meat caller, and he judges the sound of the call, the range of the call, the meat routine, and then I'm going to get another third judge to judge the use of materials, the creativity, the in-depth of how the call is built, you know, like, I'm going to have like a standard, say it's like hedge in African blackwoods, the material of the call, and that's what you have to build it out of. Okay, what did you do with it? And that's how they judge it. How creative did you get with it? How, what, did you use just straight hedge? Did you do a hedge barrel and a blackwood insert? Okay, you didn't get overly creative. You know, that kind of concept. And then it's like a, if it's one-to-one tie, and then we'll bring in like a third person, and that's the overall decision. But then if you win, you move on to the next round, and it's a bracket-style competition to where there's an overall finalist. It's going to take, I don't know, something crazy like 10 weeks 
But uh, you would end up making like three or four calls if you make it all the way through the finals. And every time you find out what material it is at the end of it, and it's going to be standard material, so nobody's going out and, you know, buying Ambonia or anything crazy like that. But uh, just something that's a little bit different to where you have to be able to run a call as well as make a call. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's, uh, it's intriguing for sure. I've been trying to really get uh, call makers feedback on it before I officially announce all the rules and stuff like that. Because I'm trying to make a bunch of tweaks and uh, really think, think out what call makers want, but what also is entertaining to everybody else too. Yeah. No. So it's a, a meat routine. Correct. Okay. It's going to be kind of a weird yeah, well, hybrid. I uh, I've talked with Corey about it, and I told him we have to come up with a completely brand new scoring system because uh, you know there's nothing like this that's judged how the call sounds. Because you you know if you go to the World Meat Championship in Easton. You're just judging a meat routine. It doesn't matter if they're blowing an RM, you know, whatever, anything like that. Yep. Like, they're just judging the straight routine. And I told them, and I said, you can't just judge the routine. That's a part of it. But you also have to judge how the call sounds as well. So you're, you're judging the call maker as a whole. How did the call sound? It's, you know, kind of like the Mingo section of it. How did it sound? But also add that routine into it like how well did they run it how smooth did the transition you know that kind of stuff to it too yep um that's definitely it's almost it's almost like nascar right you get the the same tools you get the, the same tune it's all in how how the operator does it exactly exactly and it gives you the free reign because with these online competitions, man, it's so hard to find a way that it fits everybody. And it's like, I don't want it to be based 100% off looks. Like, I'm not going to even show the pictures of guys' calls until the judgment of the routines is already scored. And then I'm going to send it to the other judge for the pictures. Because I don't even want to know, you know, whose call is who until you know the the routines are already scored it's going to be caller a caller b so there's no bias yep. whatsoever now once the pictures are posted there's no way that you can't identify whose call is whose but that's why you've already had the the routine side of it scored so then the other person's yep. you know looking at the the makeup of the call not the overall just you know, hey, that's uh, that's Brad Sample's call or Stump's call. Like, I'm just going to vote for that one because I know that one's the best. Like, no, it's already been decided on the uh, the sound of it. It's completely a different party that has no picture knowledge or anything of it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I think it would be fun, man. I uh, Like I said, I've... Now I'm putting it out on the podcast so everybody can hear it, so it's not really under wraps anymore. But I want to get a bunch of call maker input before <laughs> before I announce it, so that way I can try to figure out all the fine details before making myself look like an idiot. Well, 
I think uh, what you got up there, like, is probably the uh, best way to judge, you know, without being biased, the sound and then the finish and and everything all put together. I agree, uh, man. Two separate judges. Yeah. Oh, it's and it's gonna be a a production. Okay, so the idea is we're going to run two head-to-heads a week. So say it's like a Wednesday night and a Friday night. And I'm going to jump on Facebook Live on the BTBN page, and I'm going to bring Corey on, and we're going to talk about how he scored it. We're going to run the routines real quick on Facebook Live. And then he's going to talk about how he scored it, why, maybe give feedback on different stuff for like 10 minutes. And then I'm going to cut over to who the other judge is, which is really, really difficult to figure out who the other judge is going to be because all of my buddies are call makers. So it's like finding somebody who understands call making that's not going to enter is a headache in its own. Yeah. And then bring that person on and explain why he made his decisions the way that he made it. And it's going to be like a, a little TV series. Like think, I hate to say it, but Ink Master like that type of situation yeah. well, I mean yeah I think I think you got something there for sure um, the meat it's hard uh, one thing that I do like it's hard to to judge like the sound of a of a call over audio, um, but other than that, I agree, man. That's something that uh, I talked with Seth about in his, and it would have to be some something where every single person is required to step off the same amount of paces. They have to try to be in an open environment, not in like the woods or something like that, to try to make it as fair yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah. Try to keep it as fair as possible for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hey, tough. Acoustic, it's, acoustics. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. Sorry that's for that. sure. But usually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. With uh, with the way that uh, everything's going and there being no live competitions or anything like that, it's just trying to figure out a way to keep people entertained. And realistically, all I, I you know, I sent you the picture. I'm not gonna do. Like, it's not for me to make any money off of. I'm not gonna keep anybody's calls. They're gonna get to keep their own calls, sell them if they choose to sell them. All that type of stuff. It's purely just adding work on for me for entertainment purposes for everybody else yeah well I mean it, it definitely uh, it, it'll be a lot of work for sure dude I'm um, <laughs> I'm sure just at this point you're probably uh, got hours into it yeah, uh, even creating those three little slides that I sent you, I think I sat down for an hour and a half and made those things, and that's just the the putting it on the freaking graphic versus the thinking of it and talking to different people and stuff. I've I've definitely put some time and really tried to think 
you know, and look at some of the, the really good things from other competitions and some of the things that I didn't think were as well in other competitions. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It, I, I, I think I'm going to announce it next week. Yeah. It, uh, it's definitely intriguing. Like, that's one thing I think, like, real foot is, uh, you know, it's, I like the way they do real foot. Um, the judges are about 20 feet away and, uh, you know, they don't know whose calls, who's, and it's all judged on the sound and you know, they always have good judges. Uh, the thing, I guess, that can be biased with like NWTF and, and East. Easton is um, certain things that they they nitpick on calls, and then somebody else's call um, they might not nitpick as as much. Um, it, it's hard to to judge. I think somebody's finish when uh, you know. There's been, I don't know, five, six, seven sets of hands already on it. So I remember uh, I I had one call in, um, I want to say it might have been the second year I I put calls in Easton. Um, I got, even on the comments on the scorecard, it said the band was tarnished and whatever. But when I got the call back, it had fingerprints all over it. So... You know, somebody picked it up and was handling it and set it down and it tarnished. And it was a copper band, of course, so that's my fault. <laughs> well, uh, and, you know, that's part of the thing. You just can't avoid. You put it in the mail and it sat and it's like nothing ever looks as pretty. Like, at least for me, I try to always follow up with my customers when they get their calls. And uh, nothing is ever going to look as pretty as the day that you put it in that box. Because it always seems like, like you said, you know, if there's any little bit of oil on your hands, which everybody has oil on their hands as part of being a human, and you touch that band or anything, like, you know, it's just set to tarnish. It's when is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an unnecessary evil, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, it's, uh... Go ahead. (laughs) This delay, brother. Um, You were talking about, like, NWTF and the difference between, um... And I've had a really, really in-depth talk with Teddy Hoover about NWTF, and that's the... Or not NWTF, with Easton. And, you know, Stump runs that competition, but uh, Teddy is the the head of the Easton board, and he tries to help out and give ideas and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's impossible to go and be a judge there and pick up a, a Brad Samples, a Mike Stelsner, a John Kep. You know exactly whose call it is when you're blowing it, you know, as a judge. Yeah. Yep. And it's just human nature. There is abs- I 100% do not fault any judges for having any kind of bias because it is a human nature thing to do. If I pick up a Brad Samples call or a John Kep or anything like that, 
I'm already expecting a certain level of quality versus picking up a call. I'm like, ah, whose call is this, man? I've never even seen this shape before. Hey, man, this thing freaking runs. And, you know, it's that yeah. it's that human nature. You see that that shape of that call that you know so well. So I think I I, I don't know what the right answer is because how do you eliminate that human nature, you know, biasy towards stuff? It, it's definitely it. Yeah, it would be hard to pick up a Brad Samples call and, you know, mark them on, on the finish. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it, just looking at it, you already know it should be a 10. So, uh, same thing with Kep, uh, Stelzner, you know. You expect the, the quality of the build to be top notch. Um, so, yeah, you know, most people, especially, you know, the judges they have in Eason, you know, they're all competition callers for the most part. So, you know, they probably know exactly whose call it is that they're picking up and blowing, you know, when it comes to the bigger names. I mean, it's definitely hard to take the, the bias out of it. Um, there's always going to be a little bit of bias. Um, even if there isn't, then there's somebody that's going to think that there is. So, well, and you know, like you, you know, like you said, it's it's human nature. I 100% do not fault anybody that's a judge. It, you know, it's kind of like you go around and you're test driving new cars. Like, you might find a Ford that is a really nice freaking Ford, but you've always been a Chevy man your whole life, and ultimately you're like, well, the Chevy's definitely better. You know, <laughs> like, it's it's just human nature, man. Yeah. And, you know, there's also, there's also the fact that they're judging, I don't know, like NWTF, they're probably handling 150 calls or... You know, in that general area. I know Easton, there was, I think the last year at Easton, there was, there had to have been about 130, 140 calls there between the, all the different categories. So, well, and that's, a, that, that's, that's a lot for, for one person to have to go through. Well, exactly. The, uh, how tired you are, and that's, that's something that uh, on that phone call that me and Seth had the other day, and we were supposed to do a podcast this last weekend, but we never got time to do it. But um, he said it himself when he was judging a call-making competition. Maybe it was Easton. I don't remember which one he was helping out with. But uh, he said he picked up a call, ran it, you know, put it through all its paces and scored it. And he was like, man, I really love that call. And he came back. You know, three or four hours later, after every other judge had ran it, and that sucker has been spit on. The cork is freaking worn. You know, starting to wear because people are yep. competition callers are running freaking routines through it. And he's like, it's it didn't run anything close to what it ran before. And he's like, and honestly, 
I had been blowing a call for freaking three hours at the world championship of freaking, you know, calling competition. He's like, my lungs weren't in the same spot they were when I first started running it. He's like, there's all sorts of little tiny variables. Um, I was talking to, to Meredith, and he said that um, it was either last year at Easton or the, the year before that, where he did, uh, you know, he had pretty consistent scoring all the way out. And then he had one that was on, uh, like, the call scored, like, a, a zero or a one out of ten all across the board. And the judge actually contacted him. He's like, man, I don't know what's going on, but I literally couldn't even run the call. And uh, it's, like, because it's already been blown ten other times and put through its paces and routines. It's probably full of spit. The wood tone boards probably started to swell up a little bit, you know, like... Calls aren't designed for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's... I, I, I will never fault a judge for, you know, doing what they do. Especially when, you know, those bigger competitions where they're handling so many calls. You just, I guess, you just have to hope that you're somewhere, you know, in the top or the first 30, 30 or so calls that are getting blown. <laughs> and See, exactly what you said. I would never fault a judge, and that's why, you know, I've said it a few times. I always try to uh, give the benefit of the doubt to the judges, and then the people putting on competitions, man. Like, I know how much time yeah. that, you know, people put into that stuff and trying to figure it out. And me trying to figure out this one specific, very small online competition, how much thought is going into this stuff. And I'm not trying to organize an event. You know, I'm not trying to freaking find a venue and make sure people's booths are set up and make sure there's tablecloths and, you know, all this other crazy nonsense. It's like... People just, yeah. they don't think about all these aspects of it. And I have to be 100% honest. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't even thought about. And now it's like, holy cow, you know, how can how can this thing catch bad press off of it? And what can I do before it's even a thing to fix that? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't, uh, that's one thing. There's always going to be there's always going to be one person that's going to find something negative about it, you know. It's almost guaranteed. Um, basically, you know, if someone doesn't want to do it, then just don't do it. That's what it all comes down to. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, Seth texted me um, last week, you know, when he made his announcement, and then he did the follow-up video. And then, you know, he's trying to do the same thing as any... Seth is a super, super nice guy, and he's super thoughtful. And he was trying to answer people's concerns and questions and, you know, follow up on anything that people didn't like. And there was one guy, no matter what he said, was just hammering Seth in the comments. And I was reading it. I was on the treadmill reading it (laughs) because that's the only place that I can try to catch up on you know what's going on in between these podcasts and work and uh i was reading it and i I wanted to comment on there you know seth just quit entertaining this dude he's just trolling you and then i i didn't 
And then, like, two minutes later, Seth texts me, and he's like, what in the hell is this guy talking about? And I was like, dude, I wanted to text you. Quit even talking to that guy because you're just... He's just trolling you, and even if he legitimately thinks that way, he's not worth your time to worry about. Yeah. Um, I've, I've met Seth a couple times um, in passing at uh, NWTF and whatnot. Um and yeah you know you couldn't come across a nicer person I think you know what he's doing I think is uh, I think it's a great thing um, maybe the timing if anything uh, just being that uh, you know we just finished the one and then basically already jumping on another one but I mean the concept of it is I think is uh, is great. Well, it's like he's trying to see, you know, some of the differences, just like I am, man, and trying to figure out how to make it better, less bias, and, uh, you know, yeah. and going about that. He brought up some other issues that, you know, people were talking about. And I have to be 100% honest. If it was not for Seth Fields... There would not be a freaking beyond the blind. I was sitting at home, laid up. You know, Rogers is like three hours from where I live. And I would go up there all the time to, you know, get some cheap decoys and see some of my buddies from around the country. You know, they all come to Kansas City. And I I was laid up at home because I had surgery like two days before that. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I was all drugged up. I wasn't allowed to be out in the shop turning calls. And I was sitting at home, and uh, Seth had a live stream of the contest, but he was in the contest. And I was trying to comment with people who were on the live stream, you know, hey, who's gone? Has, you know, this person gone? What'd they do? You know, that type of stuff. And I was like, dude, there has got to be a better way to do this. Because it's a podcast primarily now. But in 2017, 2018, BTBN was a uh, was a live streaming for contest. I mean, that's that was my bread and butter, and it was 100%. Because Seth was doing a great job with his, but he's in the contest. So I, I started going to contest yeah. and doing the same thing, but I was commenting what people scored, where they were, being the ESPN version of freaking, you know, contest calling. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, I took some heat because uh, I had opinions and stated my opinions and didn't think they mattered because let's be, you know, real. I'm a call maker. I'm not a competition caller. I'm just an idiot out here (laughs) recording stuff. What do I know about anything? And people got really upset. And I took a year off of it and I started to really think, Man, what happened? What was the problem with this thing? It was going crazy. People loved it. Um, the problem was, is I wasn't giving you guys, the call makers and the callers, the voice. People were hearing yeah. my opinion on stuff. And instead of that, I wanted to do it to where they could give their opinion and share their stories and stuff like that, and it's gone over so much better. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't got those late yeah. night phone calls and text messages where people are like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna beat your ass because of the you know what you said about this contest." 
I uh, I know I tuned in to to a few of them because like where I'm at, um, I don't get a chance to to get to those bigger calling competitions. So it was uh, for me that was an outlet for me to actually see what was going on. Um, like locally here, I think there's maybe two or three that I might actually be able to get to in Michigan. But other than that, like Canada, you know, it's it's a bigger it's bigger out west, the calling competitions and that, but in our general area there's nothing. Bro, it was it was really, really eye opening. I went to the first event that I live streamed was Ballard County and it ended up being Tim Grounds last year that he hosted that thing before he had his accident. And I think I got 2,500 to 3,000 people view that thing, you know, within a, a couple days. When I streamed Worlds two months later, in the first night I had 150,000 views. And it was all organic. I didn't pay for any advertising. I didn't pay for anything it was all realistic and then it was like it went like in the in the waterfowl world that's freaking viral man but that's when everything oh, went. Yeah. that's when everything went south and people started really getting upset and their feelings got hurt and i was like dude we just had the best two days we've ever had doing this thing but man i have to really go back and look at how i'm doing it because Yes, my numbers are going super skyrocketing through the roof, but I'm pissing off a lot of people in the way that this thing's going down. So I have to really evaluate. Like, do I want to be pop? Do I want people to see what's going on, be famous, popular, that type of thing? Or do I want to still have friends and not show up at an event and have people want to fight me in the parking lot? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's... It's crazy. It's crazy to think about how uh, how people get upset about opinions, you know. Well, and but. you know that that was my own fault for being so stupid and not realizing it. Okay, so uh, a lot of what happened was, you know, I've told you my schedule. I was even busier back yeah. then. Like I, life was not the best back then. I had a bunch of personal stuff going on. I had the busy schedule. I was trying to turn calls, trying to do you know this thing. I was live streaming every single weekend, and uh, I I talked to Matt Dunn, Rick Dunn of Echo Call Son, and I was like, Hey man, you guys are like three hours from me. Can I come down and do you know some interviews with Rick down at the shop and kind of do a shop tour and we can live stream this sucker. And of course, they were all about it. And I, I met Johnny, and I met uh, Seth was or not Seth. Um, Phil Green was down there, and I talked to Rick. And we did a bunch of interviews and live streams, and people freaking loved it. And uh, that was in October. And then I talked to uh, I talked to Jim Ronquest, and he was like, "Hey man, I saw what you did with Echo." He's like, we'd love to have you out and come do the same thing at R&T. And I was like, absolutely. You know, that sounds like an awesome opportunity. And I was like, when would be a good time to come down and do it? And he was like, well, right now it's in the middle of, you know, we got Worlds coming up in three weeks. We're in the middle of Duck Call. 
you know, making because it's our busy time of year. And, uh, you know, there were a bunch of contests going on the weekends. And we were trying to figure out a time to come down in there and do it. Well, Worlds happened. And I'm sitting with Rick. Like, I'm sitting in the stands with my buddy who's helping me run this whole thing. And Rick ends up sitting down next to us, you know, with a bunch of the Echo guys. Because we had just, you know, talked two or three weeks before that. So, you know, we're chatting back and forth. Hey, Rick, how's it going? You know, and stuff like that. And the live stream was going on at the time. And, you know, we see some of his guys. I, you know, had talked with Phil a bunch of times. I talked with Johnny, you know. The more guys that I talk to, the more relationship you develop with, it becomes a friendship versus somebody like, I consider you a friend, man. We're having an hour-long conversation. It's a lot more than messaging back on Facebook a few times. Like, you know, I start to root for guys that I like. And, um... Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm talking back and forth with him. And one of his guys came up and he didn't score all that well. And I was like, oh, man. And, of course, you know, naturally he's not happy. And I was like, oh, man. Well, that goes out over the live stream video. And people are like, well, you went to Echo a couple weeks before that you're obviously biased towards one company over the other i was like dude honestly i just haven't been able to go to this shop yet because of my schedule and i haven't been able to talk to everybody because i have to sleep at some point and it was like you know once you're marked with that bad mark you can't explain your way out of it people don't want to hear it on social media and uh it was almost that mob mentality of hey let's destroy this guy because he's clearly biased and most of those conversations and relationships i've talked to a lot of the guys and you know we kind of cleared the air and i'm friends with a lot of them now but man it was it was bad enough that i had to step away and really evaluate hey what the heck happened type situation it's something completely unintentional and uh yeah, it's it's hard to to sway people when something like that happens. Yeah, we've all we've all seen it, man. the The social media mob can be horrible. Yep, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, we uh, keyboard warriors. Oh, dude. Well, and that's another thing is people will say stuff on social media that they would never say to you in your face. You know, like I said, I had people texting and calling, like, wanting to get in fights over a fucking duck call whistle competition. And I was like, well, I was like, number one, dude, it's just a duck call competition. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. I promise I did not mean to hurt anybody's feelings specifically. I was like, number two, like, you don't want to fight. You Like, you don't want to say this in person. Like, I'm a grown-ass adult. I'm not going to fight over this type of stuff. Like, you would feel silly doing that. Yeah, it's uh, we're not we're not eighteen anymore. It's not hey, let's go meet in the parking lot in high school anymore. That's not how the real world works. Yeah, like let's just be adults and have a civil conversation. Yeah. Hey, I me- I messed up, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I yeah. promise. <laughs> and like I said before, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like I'm a self-admitted idiot. Like I, I, I've done zero research on most stuff that I talk about. I don't have time, oh, bro. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. That's well, for sure. 
Well, brother, it is uh, coming up on 10.30, your time, and I feel like we've uh, we've kind of chewed over some points. I don't know if it was anything that I intended to talk about, but uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that you had a chance to talk, man. For sure. Anytime. I appreciate your time, man. For real. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, buddy. Well, if you, if you do open up that list and you want to take on some more calls, where can people get a hold of you at? Uh, through my Facebook page. Uh, I think it pretty well has all the information on it. Foul Dog Custom Calls. Foul Dog Custom Calls, man. Either Call Nuts yeah. Champ right now. Yes, sir. I feel like I need to get you a title belt. <laughs> you can strut around like Conor uh, McGregor. <laughs> well, I do have a little bit of Irish in me, but... <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I hope you have a great night, and I'll let you get back to turning some calls or going to sleep, whatever you're doing. Yes, sir. Sleep. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you All so right. much. Yes, sir. Take care, bud. You too, bub. All right, guys. Ryan Douglas, Call Nuts Champ. Hopefully you liked it. Share, enjoy, um, comment, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. It's been a long day. Have a good one.